from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up. Not aware of this report. I, I, don't know I actually told don't you there was a report excuse me, altered. Excuse me. Uh, Councillor Doyle had the floor. Do not. She inter- cut inter- me off as well, Excuse man. me, Councillor Johnny. Councillor Doyle has the floor. Tensions boil over with former Mayor Paul Pasali centre stage at the June meeting of Ipswich City Council, where there was a spectacular backflip on the renaming of Paul Pasali Bridge and Pasali Drive. A rate rise announced at a separate budget meeting. The Spark Festival lights up the city and Raf Amberley to host the Ipswich Amberley Air Tattoo in October. It's Friday, July 1, 2022, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This episode begins with the June 30 meeting of Ipswich City Council, where it was put forward by at least one councillor that the community consultation over the renaming of Pasali Bridge and Drive was botched. Another councillor indicated regret in supporting the earlier resolution to remove the Pasali name. The renaming had been deferred from the May meeting after councillor Paul Tully delayed the decision by moving what's called a procedural motion, which was supported by councillors Madsen, Ireland, Jonick and Milligan the same five councillors who supported restoring the Pasali name at the June meeting. Councillor Nicole Jonick opened the discussion. The facts that I would like to point out was the adopted mayoral minute on the 9th of December 2021 clearly stated that a report be prepared for a council meeting no later than May 2022 that outlines community sentiment on the renaming, costs associated options for the potential renaming of these assets. I emphasise the fact that this includes community sentiment on the renaming, along with options for the potential renaming. The reason I'm highlighting the recommendation wording specifically is because I have a copy of the community engagement report that looks quite different to the one that is included in the attachments today. Councillor Nicole Jonick dropped a bombshell by introducing a draft report which differed from the final report councillors were asked to vote on. Council CEO Sonia Cooper accepted responsibility for the changes and gave her reasons. So for the um, broader audience, the community, that, that was a report that was drafted and was destined for the Governance and Transparency Committee that was due to meet on the, that the did meet on the 5th of May uh, on um, being asked questions about the report. I reviewed the report as the CEO and I formed a view that the uh, options that were included in that report and the the recommendations, but more so the attachment of the report did not deliver in line with, as I saw it and interpreted it, the resolution that this council made as an officer, as a CEO, I've, I've made an interpretation uh, on the advice and in consultation with the, general, the responsible general manager that the job that was on us, the task that we had, was to bring forward a report for a council meeting, as has been noted, no later than May of this year, that outlines community sentiment on the, the renaming of those assets of the bridge and the drive. 
costs associated and options for the potential renaming of these assets in line with Council's naming procedure. I formed a view that we were not being asked to engage with the community on sentiment in relation to the denaming, that decision having already been made by the Council and the decision that was made by the Council to consult the land uh, holders, landowners in relation to Pasali Drive. The options for potential renaming of the assets in line with Council's naming procedure could not be uh, names of politicians, whether current, former or political themes. So I could not form a view that it was the job that was asked of us to bring forward a report that brought forward community sentiment on the denaming and suggested that the name should be left in place because that would not be in line with Council's naming procedure. Jacob Madsen, expressing frustration at the whole process, regretted voting in favour of removing the Pasali name. I actually consider that the particular vote that I made on the Merrill Minute in December, um, that's the only vote that I actually regret in my time at Council. Mm -hmm. And I regret it for one key reason. That was put on us on the spot in the chamber. A number of councils here in this council did not have any prior notice that that was happening on that morning. Um, I'm very proud that we've changed the meeting procedures so that Merrill Minutes can't just be dropped on people at a moment's notice and then a decision's expected. Um, I actually consider that the way that that was executed was a bit of wedge politics. And... Um, we shouldn't be engaging in wedge politics. We should be making prudent decisions that we're considering. Um, I think, you know, on most things, you should have a couple of days to think about it, talk to others about it, sleep on it. Sleeping before making a decision is some of the best advice you will receive in life. Um, so that initial Merrill Minute, and that's created some of the issues for this report. The Merrill Minute is poorly written, in my opinion. Um, it makes a decision before doing the community sentiment. I regret not in the moment you know, standing up and saying, you know, I need time to consider this and whether or not it's actually written appropriately. Appropriately, um, I want to know the community's views on matters like this. But instead, I was a bit afraid to actually speak to it because of the sensitivities about the former mayor. And, you know, if you make any comment one way or another, you can be um, taken to have some form of clandestine political agenda. And that's not the case. That's why I reject the wedge politics that was utilised in pursuing this. Um, I've actually discussed this matter previously with the CEO. I don't agree with her interpretation at all. Um, I, because it was my, it's in the committee that I chair, I actually read that report when it was um, accidentally published to my committee. Nobody mentioned anything about it, and then I saw it come in the um, ordinary council meeting, and it was a different report. So that was a red flag. Councillor Marnie Doyle added her frustrations. Wow, a lot to unpack there, but you're going to have to be patient with me because I haven't had the benefit of time that clearly many in this chamber have. So as Councillor Madsen has pointed out, we shouldn't have to be making these decisions last second on the fly. I wasn't um, afforded notice of this um, ahead of it being raised today. So I guess that's probably my first concern and objection. I would like to go on record 
I've never heard of the concept of wedge politics, but most of you know I'm not the political uh, beast that others are. However, what I am, and I don't think anyone would argue against, I am independent, I am very outspoken, and I will not be coerced or forced into making a decision that I do not back or stand by. Now, I challenge anybody in this room to find an individual that thinks it's okay, passes a pub test, or is acceptable to name an asset after a politician or the politician's family. I challenge you all. We are having this discussion today and we are in this predicament because we used to go down the path of attaching our names to these assets. Now, back to December, there was a resolution of this council to dename both the assets. That was done. Ultimately, the motion to rename lapsed due to a lack of support from councillors and a foreshadowed motion to reinstate the Pasali name was put forward by Councillor Paul Tully. The council reinstate the names Pasali Drive at Yamando and Paul Pasali Bridge at Springfield Central. So that's the, the motion that Councillor Tully has put Is there a seconder for that? Thank you, Councillor Island. I'll be brief with this, Mr Mayor, because... Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Mayor? Mayor? Uh, <laughs> I have many you know something I don't? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um... Yes, the original motion last year was to dename and to rename, but there is nothing obviously in that motion that would prevent the renaming of an original name. I think as a council we need to move on. Um, it's um, yeah, a matter that is quite sensitive and uh, you've certainly raised uh, issues which councillors can take into account, the community can take into account. Councillor Jonick has raised um, a number of issues and, and I... Um, uh, not referring to uh, matters of uh, change of reports or whatever, but the fact of the matter is that the report to Council did not include the sediments of a large number of people. I think that this is just an opportunity to make a decision once and for all. We're more than two years into this term of office and this matter is still around. It had been mooted uh, with councillors, I think, in the first couple of months after the election about what might happen and then it... Um, seem to disappear off the agenda, not the physical agenda, but the agenda of discussion between councillors, and then uh, were, yeah, be, became highlighted again with the motion at the uh, end of last year. So all I say is this is an opportunity to, for our community to move on um, and yeah, make a final decision once and for all. CEO Sonia Cooper asked the meeting to consider how the foreshadowed motion would comply with council's naming procedure. Councillor Paul Tully responded. The naming uh, procedure, um, council co has the right to name anything um, it wishes. Uh, the uh, procedure doesn't bind. Council is at a council meeting. Um, we are free to, and I'll give you an example of that where that recently came up, that this council, as the corporate body, um, made a decision on a name, and that was uh, to change the name of the um, uh, community hub at Augustine Heights to formalise it to the um, Augustine Heights community hub, whereas another name had been placed on it without councillor consultation. Having a procedure in place, um, even having a policy in place, doesn't bind uh, this council in making any decision 
uh, it wants, in either in relation to process, in relation to name, or in relation to compliance with procedures. Uh, we are the decision-making body. The Local Government Act makes it clear about the, the naming of roads. That includes a, a bridge element on roads. And this motion just seeks to exercise that, that power. Um, otherwise, we've got a procedure which is, um, could be interpreted as preventing councils from doing things. I, I, I would be amazed that that could ever be interpreted as preventing um, us from making the final decision. The final vote to reinstate the Pasali name on the bridge and the road got up by one vote. Councillors Madsen, Ireland, Jonick, Tully and Milligan voted in favour. Mayor Harding and councillors Kunzelman, Doyle and Fechner voted against. This could be a fairly common voting block going forward. You can view the full council meeting, including the lengthy discussion on this item, at Ipswich City Council's YouTube channel. Ipswich City Council also handed down its budget on June 30. The rates and charges rise for owner-occupiers is 4.49%. Mayor Theresa Harding joins the show to talk budget and more. Thank you for speaking with Ipswich today, Mayor Harding. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on, Alan. Before we get to the special budget meeting, at a second council meeting held on the same day, the Bridge and Road, which council voted on months ago to remove the Pasali name, took a very unexpected turn, reversing the previous resolution. Watching the live stream, you were clearly blindsided by the move. What happened? Well, I respect democracy and the decision that my fellow councillors made to reinstate the name. Uh, that is a decision of council to reinstate Paul Pasali Bridge and the Pasali Drive. But personally, Alan, it's fair to say that I'm bitterly disappointed. I've got to say quite disgusted by the outcome. Uh, in December, Issue City Council voted to remove Pasali's name from those, those assets. And we were now in community consultation to rename those assets. And yes, there was a, a motion put by Councillor Tully to reverse that, to overturn it. And she won that vote uh, five to four. Um, I'm hoping that that decision doesn't signal return back to the, the bad old days of Ipswich City Council. And I guess I'll always fight to make sure that doesn't happen. And I guess, Alan, I can say we're about to spend thousands of dollars to honour a convicted criminal, a criminal that was convicted of sexual assaults, corruption, fraud, extortion. And I've got to say, as a woman... It does not sit well with me at all. I mean, what does this say to women of Ipswich that our council just voted to honour someone like that? It's absolutely disgraceful. But it is it is what it is. And I guess the other thing, I, I'm quite concerned on the impact um, to his many victims, but also to the landowners. Um, we did, as per the policy, we did go to all the landowners along Pasali Drive. Um, all but one responded. And everyone that did respond wanted to change the name. And some of them told me that it's a real embarrassment. So, you know, it's it's the the views of the landholders, the views of the many victims and the views of the community were just thrown out the window and it's very disappointing. Deputy Mayor Jacob Madsen certainly jumped out of his shell at this meeting and brought up the issue of wedge politics. And I'm not sure whether he was referring to what happened at this month's meeting or what's happened at previous meetings, but it seems to be there's a bit of politicking going on in the chamber and it's not a good look going forward. How can councillors get over some of these personal feelings that are coming to the fore? 
Look, we were all elected as independents and it's our job under the Local Government Act to work together collaboratively for us to work uh, for the betterment of our city. We're not the state parliament, we're not the federal parliament. Uh, that is our role and we should be debating the ideas and not the people. And I would hope that this council going forward will, will do their job under the and, and their duty under the Local Government Act going forward. I can't help but feel that we're seeing some early campaigning, even at this very early stage, for some councillors seeking re-election in 2024. I would have to take that up with them. I'm pretty focused on delivering for, for people now. It's also interesting that councillors Madsen Island, John Tully and Milligan voted in favour of putting Pasali's name back and yourself and councillors Kunzelman, Doyle and Fechner voted against. We've seen that voting block before. Do you think this is going to be a pattern going forward? I'm not sure, but I guess with this particular motion, it was a big election issue. And we were asked what our stance was and what we would do. And six of the councillors said that they would change the names. And that's how they voted in December. Two of those councillors have flipped. And so they have gone back on an election commitment. So that that will be um, up to them when they go up for re-election on how the, um, you know, what the voters think of that. Look, you will find in any group you asked if there was a little block, I think there's always going to be uh, alliances. Um, I guess my my response to that is to always vote on the issue. Um, it shouldn't be about blocks. It shouldn't be about friendships and, and so on. It's got to be based on the issue. A democracy is a festival of ideas and that's what we're supposed to be doing. Let's talk about the council budget, which was the big issue of the day. Nobody likes to hear the rates are going up. So how did you settle on 4.49% for um, owner-occupiers and why? Yeah, we delivered a, six, a record $621 million budget for next year with a real focus on flood recovery and also making sure that we have great services for the people of Bipswich and keeping pace with our growth and transformation. It's always really difficult. Uh, we never want to increase the rates, but we also have lots of projects that we know our residents want done. Um, and so it's a real balancing act. We were very committed to making sure that the rate rise was below CPI, which we did do. And um, we also made sure that the rate rise for the commercial was also uh, well below CPI as well because they have been bearing the, the brunt for a long time. So it is always a, a delicate balancing act. The numbers are almost a little bit big to comprehend, $620 million. That's a, that's a huge budget. What are the capital expenditure highlights? Yeah, well, our capital works budget for next year is $229 million and $78 million of that will actually be on road maintenance and upgrades, which is a core business of, of, of council. And we're also making sure we've got money for to support businesses, uh, community groups, but also um, we have $30 million in the budget for flood recovery. We still have quite a few council assets and sporting fields and so on that were severely impacted by the flood, so we do need to bring those up to, up to scratch. One obvious new item in the budget that stood out for me was the part pensioner concession uh, on rates. Now, previously, you had to be on the full pension to get that, and, and it was resisted by previous administrations for many years. How come you've decided to introduce that this year? We took a really long, hard look as to who would be um, – everyone's being impacted by, by COVID and, and, and building supplies and, and, and inflation – and um, we did look at what was happening in other parts of South East Queensland and other councils in South East Queensland have had the part pension remission for some time. So if you have a full pension, a 100% pension, you get a 245 remission. And if you have a part pension, whether it's 1% or 98%, uh, you'll get $120 remission each year. And we thought that was a, a fair way to um, help people who are on a fixed income. Well, there's a lot of hardship in the community. Homelessness is always uh, top mm -hmm. of the news agenda at the moment. Are there any further hardship assistance options, uh, particularly for flood-affected uh, residents that council might have in the offing? 
Last quarter, we provided a $250 rebate to everyone who had a flood-impacted property. We did that automatically, and we've decided to extend that for another quarter as well to assist people who've really been hit hard. What about support for businesses and job creation? This budget commits $110,000 towards skills development and investment to attract uh, new jobs here. Uh, we've got rapid growth in our population. We have about half of the people who work in Ipswich uh, work outside of Ipswich. So we want to make sure that we do attract more um, more people here, but also to, for people to have the skills of the jobs that are coming here as well. So we'll be working with our chambers and the state government to make sure that we've got some really tailored packages to help people. Mayor Teresa Harding, we're bouncing between two meetings uh, with our uh, chat today because there was the morning meeting for budget, the afternoon meeting was an ordinary meeting of council. Mm. Can we just draw out a couple of items uh, that were outstanding in item 14. Councillor office space, has that been resolved? Well, I thought it had, but obviously it, it hadn't. So the CEO is going to be providing additional information to councils in relation to uh, local office space. The matter is progressing for Division 2 councillors, Councillor Johnnick and Councillor Tully. Um, they're wanting some more private space for meetings. There's obviously a financial implication for that, but the other councils are more than happy to meet residents and ratepayers either in the council administration office or the local library or a community centre. Queensland Treasury Corporation uh, has a finance model going forward for Nicholas Street. I'm not sure whether it's new, uh, but has anything changed going forward? And if so, why? So this was initiated back in 2020 when uh, the deputy mayor was Marnie Doyle. So myself and Marnie um, asked for some modelling from QTC. Um, Nicholas Street Precinct, which this council has inherited, is a great opportunity for our city. We wanted to make sure that any decisions that we're doing going forward involve some good financial backing, good financial understanding, good governance, but also looking at the best opportunities for for the people of Ipswich. It's ratepayers' money that's being spent. So we are looking at what are the future options for the Nicholas Street Precinct? Do do we keep it? Do we sell it? Do we sell part of it? Uh, What are the areas that we could be looking at to um, improve it as well? So we're very much wanting to make sure that the Nicholas Street Precinct delivers value for the people of Ipswich. I know you've been excited lately with a couple of the early tenants opening like uh, Kemmart and uh, the the July shop, which I can't think of the name of right now. Are there any further updates uh, for new tenants? Well, Gelatissima, you'll have to come down, Alan, because once you have one, you won't forget. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great flavours. And my husband's a celiac, so there's lots of gluten-free there as well. So there's lots of of variety there. So obviously, waiting for that dumpling place to open up, that's pretty exciting. You can hear the work going on there. And Zambreros and also Sushi Hio are also opening up soon too. So it's pretty exciting. We can't wait for more tenants to come as well. Back to one more serious item, Mayor Harding, and that is the ministerial call-in on the Wanless uh, development at Ebenezer, the proposed development. Uh, Council's latest submission to government. Can you just step us through the main points? We provided quite an extensive submission to the state government. Um, despite Council rejecting the application for a new landfill and approving the recycling, um, the Minister for State Development, Infrastructure, Local Government Planning um, has decided to use his ministerial powers to do a call-in. So we'll very much put the, the view of the council and I think of our community to make sure that um, the minister either rejects it outright, uh, like doesn't do a call-in and allows, uh, allows the, the situation to stand, or if they do call it in to make sure that he upholds uh, the council's position because at the moment Wanless are, are taking us to court over it. So there's nothing much further council can do until the minister decides. Yes, but also there's been community groups and business have also put in a judicial review. So I understand that the Minister can't make a decision until that judicial review is over as well. Mayor Teresa Harding, thanks for talking with Ipswich today. Thank you so much, Alan.
Now for some feel-good news. The Spark Festival kicks off July 7 for 11 nights, featuring magical light-based art installations across the city centre. For example, two of the city's iconic buildings become multi-storey artworks through the use of lighting projected onto the buildings. St Mary's Church will be a blank canvas to showcase works by local and Indigenous artists. The best views will be from Timothy Maloney Park. In 2022, the program delivers a fresh lineup of music, comedy, arts, exhibitions, circus, projection, culture, cabaret, technology, collaboration and discussion. The music part of the Spark program includes an indie music crawl through Ipswich CBD. Waghorn to West is where it's at for one night only. A number of venues will be a magnet for music lovers, wanting to experience up to 16 artists at four live music venues. This year's expanded festival program features several new additions, including the festival's hub, Luminate, where friends and family can gather and enjoy Spark After Dark in the rejuvenated Ipswich Central. Check the show notes for links to the full program. A second Ipswich Central river crossing has officially been recognised by Infrastructure Australia. The second crossing, which Council says will be a game-changer for the city, now features in the National Body's 2022 Infrastructure Priority List. Infrastructure Australia announced the Ipswich City Council Cross River Connectivity and Network Resilience Listing is a Stage 1 proposal on the Infrastructure List. The proposed new bridge is set to be built above flood level and is known as the Norman Street Bridge. The existing town bridge, which is the David Trumpy Bridge, currently carries around 40,000 vehicles a day. That's just some of what you'll hear at the Ipswich Amberley Air Tattoo, taking place on October 29 and 30 this year. Tickets go on sale Wednesday, July 20 at 9am. Defence is hosting the Ipswich Amberley Air Tattoo in partnership with Ipswich City Council. Air Commodore Micka Gray, head of air shows, said the Air Force was pleased to be partnering with Ipswich City Council to host the air tattoo at Amberley and local venues in October this year. The cost is $10 per ticket or $40 for a group of five people, children five years and under are free, and do not require a ticket. You'll be able to watch Air Force flying displays at the Air Force Base during the two-day event. Aircraft will also be on static display on the ground, as well as a range of military equipment, showcasing the capabilities of several Australian Defence Force units and squadrons. Check the link in the show notes for information on the Ipswich Ambley Air Tattoo. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.